Director James Martin is here with filmmaker Shannon Post to talk about their documentary, Building a Bridge, and give us their spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Father James and Shannon. Hi there. Thanks so much for having us on your show. Tell us about Building a Bridge. Building a Bridge is a documentary that follows Father James Martin on his journey to minister to the LGBTQ community and some of the people that he's impacted along the way after his book came out, Building a Bridge. And it also follows um, some of the opposition that he's faced in his work as well. What was your inspiration for telling this story? Well, I co-directed the film with Evan Miscagney, and he was raised Catholic, and his mom, she's been trying to get him to come back to the Catholic Church for a while, and she said, you have to meet Father James Martin, he's wonderful, and so he went and met him, and he thought his work was just so inspirational, and he came to me, and Evan said, you know, we, there's this priest, he's doing wonderful work with the LGBTQ community, I think that you would really like to tell this story, and I had been looking to tell the story personal to me, which is um, my friend was killed in Pulse and the nightclub shooting, and I've been wanting to tell that story in a way that was different than how it had been told before, and um, because Father Martin had a really powerful response after the shooting, I thought it was a great way to connect um, his story and the story of my friend whose mother is in the film, Christine Leinemann, um, and a great way to tell both of those stories together. How did the documentary come together for you, Father Jim? Well, Evan and Shannon approached me, and I wasn't really sure uh, where it would go. And they were following me around uh, in my different talks to parishes and uh, interviewing me. And eventually I realized, boy, they're really serious about this. <laughs> I always joke with them that I really knew that they were serious when I was invited to give a talk at the Vatican's World Meeting of Families in Dublin, and they said, we're flying to Dublin. And I said, why are you flying to Dublin? And they said, we're, we're doing a documentary on you. And so it was then that I realized how serious they were uh, and how in-depth they were going. And really, as Shannon was saying, speaking to LGBTQ Catholics, parents of LGBTQ Catholic youth, uh, and then even you know people who were opposing me, and uh, they went and spent some time with uh, one of the kind of leaders of the opposition. They were really uh, doing it in depth, and I think the movie's a really beautiful testimony to just the world of LGBTQ Catholic ministry. What do you hope to accomplish with this documentary? So, as filmmakers, we hope that as many people see the film as possible. Um, and as a queer filmmaker, I really hope that this um, reaches LGBTQ youth in particular. I think it's a message that would have helped me when I was younger. And I know Evan as a Catholic, as a former Catholic who left the church because of a lot of the bigotry. And he really hopes that it's shown in a lot of parishes, especially in, in more conservative areas, so people can just see a different side of, of the church and see LGBTQ Catholics just living, um, living their faith. And I would say I'm so happy it's out there finally uh, because so much of people's sort of view of the church, if you're LGBTQ, depends on where you happen to live. So if you're a LGBTQ young person or an adult and you happen to live in a diocese and happen to be in a parish where the, the bishop or the priest is welcoming and open and inclusive, and there are many of those, you're in luck and you feel welcomed by the church. You even feel loved by God, uh, even though you know, God and the church are separate. That's how people um, react. But if you're in a diocese or a parish where you know, the bishop is not welcoming or the parish priest is homophobic, 
then you really feel cut out, and you really feel like uh, the church rejects you, and sometimes that God doesn't love you, because that's, that's how people think about these things. So I think having a film out there that people can watch and sort of see the perspective that I'm trying to bring, and also see uh, places where people are welcome um, gives people hope. So I'm really happy uh, that people will be able to see it, and my sort of target audience is the young LGBTQ person who's Catholic who wants to know if there's a place in the church for him or her or them, and the answer is yes. And so that's what I hope the film communicates to people. What would you like to accomplish with your work? With my LGBTQ ministry, which I'm doing with many other people, I basically want uh, LGBTQ people to feel welcome in the church, to feel loved by God, and to really know that they um, have a lot to contribute to the church. You know, for too long, LGBTQ Catholics were seen as marginal or rejected or excluded. And I think with some reaching out by Pope Francis and cardinals and archbishops, uh, and also people just, you know, on the ground in parishes, it's happening, uh, and people are feeling more and more welcome. And I, I really hope that my work just helps people feel more at home uh, in what is, after all, their church, too. And as a filmmaker, um, my work focuses on social justice issues. I really hope that my films are opening people's minds and showing them um, something that maybe they thought they knew about and showing it a little differently. Um, my first film was about environmental justice issues, and then I'm, I'm producing another one about the environment. So, so just issues that are really personal to me and just hoping to change people's minds a little bit. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden-Harris administration? With the Biden-Harris administration, I think the legislative priorities are important, like the Equality Act and um, fighting these state-level and local-level bills that are attacking young people with gender identity, gender-affirming care, and all of that. I also just, aside from the legislative stuff, I really think that it's important for the Democrats and the leaders of the Democratic Party to frame the issues better and speak to LGBTQ issues a little more effectively. I think the Republican Party has done a great job just packaging their really hateful priorities in ways that seem kind of okay and mainstream, like the Don't Take A Bill. I have a family member who has queer family members who thinks, oh, this is like kind of reasonable. And like the fact that that can happen shows that the Democrats are failing in just speaking about these issues in a way that relates to gender normativity and heteronormativity. They're bad for everyone and they're not doing a good job framing that for everyone. I would say I'm not really a politician, but I do find that some of the bills that are being introduced and some of the sort of focus on attacking, in a sense, and taking away people's rights uh, in the public square who are LGBTQ is really astonishing. And these don't say gay bills, and particularly these anti-transgender bills, are really shocking to me, and they seem to have come out of nowhere. I think it's a kind of pushback to the acceptance and the inclusion that LGBTQ people are feeling, and there is this kind of uh, pendulum that is swinging. So I would think that the Biden-Harris administration the top priority for LGBTQ people is to protect them, to protect them, to help them know that they are a part of society, that they are an important part of society, and that we do have to say gay and lesbian and transgender. We have to say it, we have to accept them, and we have to welcome them and protect them. There are still incredible statistics about LGBTQ violence and harassment and beatings, and so these people's lives are valuable and have dignity. We have to look at LGBTQ homelessness, particularly for youth and suicide. So 
you know, to use some Catholic terminology, um, I always say these are life issues. These are life and death issues for people. And I really would hope that LGBTQ people, you know, stop being used as political footballs, which is unfortunately what they've become these days. So I really hope the Biden and Harris administration stands up for the rights of this community. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially in these challenging times? Well, I would approach it, of course, from a religious perspective and to encourage kids to know that God loves them, to look for signs of God's love in their lives. So if not in families, then in friends. Obviously, if someone is in danger of suicide, I point them right to suicide hotlines. Uh, but it's trying to, to find them, if possible, uh, a sense of self-worth, a sense of value, a sense of hope, uh, and also to put them in touch with a community that can help them. But I think there's so many wonderful resources. You think of something like the Trevor Project with their hotlines that are out there. I think it's, again, from a Catholic point of view, I always like to encourage my Catholic brothers and sisters, even those who are the most conservative and sometimes reactionary, to remember that these are life issues. We use the term pro-life, that these lives have dignity uh, and that these lives are being attacked uh, and that these lives are at risk. And so even the most conservative Catholic needs to wake up uh, and look at these suicide statistics and protect these people, especially youth. I was a teenager quite a long time ago, but um, it was before my high school had a Gay Straight Alliance. We didn't have um, any of that, but I think like the ability to connect with other youth online or sometimes in person if they're lucky is just a great opportunity. Like Father Martin said, community is so important to make you feel like you're less alone. I know social media can be a double-edged sword and can make you feel like your life isn't as great as, as other people's. But um, I think that see, I'm from Florida and the Don't Say Gay Bill hits me particularly hard because I know schools can be such an unsafe place and not a place where, where you can always find community. But I think it's so important if you can just find at least one person, you know, one best friend to get you through it. They used to say, I don't know if they still say this to kids anymore, but it gets better. You know, after college, my world changed a lot um, in terms of just feeling safe and, and accepted. And I think that hang in there and, and connect with others as much as possible. How can people get information about Building a Bridge? The film has a website, uh, buildingabridge.com. We have all of our social media linked on the website. Um, that's where we will update everything, especially on our social media. So I encourage anyone to go to the website and connect to our, our social media. But also, if you want to reach out to us directly, you can also find our email there and ask us anything. Or if you want to show the film at your school or your parish, just let us know. What other projects are you working on? I hope this doesn't sound like an ad, but this week um, I'm helping to launch a new website for LGBTQ Catholics called Outreach, and it's going to have uh, news and resources and videos and community and spotlights on uh, Catholic parishes and schools and dioceses that are really helping to provide a welcoming place for LGBTQ people. So that's really exciting. It's under the auspices of America Media, which is a Jesuit um, magazine and website where I work. So that's called Outreach. It's under outreach.faith. And also, uh, at the end of June, I'm running a conference for LGBTQ Catholics and those who minister with them, also called Outreach, at uh, Fordham University in New York. So uh, it's an exciting time between the website, the conference, and, of course, the film. And I think, of course, 
uh, June is a good time for all these things to happen. And I'm just working on um, focus on the film, getting it out there and focus on our impact campaigns, so reaching young people and schools and parishes as much as we can. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? So in 2019, I was in Rome for a meeting, and I found out that uh, Pope Francis wanted to meet with me in a private audience in what's called the Apostolic Palace, where he meets diplomats and presidents and things like that. I was delighted, and we spent a half an hour um, in private with a translator uh, talking about LGBTQ Catholic ministry, and it was a real boost to the ministry. Uh, they sent out a picture of the meeting. Uh, they put it on his official calendar, which to insiders and Vaticanologists means that they wanted people, they wanted the whole world to know that he was uh, having this meeting. And it was incredibly inspiring, and I talk about that in the film. And at the end of the meeting, uh, he said to me, I couldn't say it at the time, but I can say it now, he said, I want you to continue this ministry in peace. So it was really one of the highlights of my life. And funny enough, um, the filmmakers were over there, filmed me, and so you see me hours after I met with the Pope, and I'm, st I'm still sort of on cloud nine. In fact, we have a, a nice uh, view from the Jesuit community in Rome uh, of me talking about uh, my meeting. So you catch me at a much uh, excitable and exciting time in my life. Something that we get asked a lot is how Martin Scorsese came to be involved as executive producer on the film, and it was kind of a surreal moment. So Scorsese's team found out that we were making a documentary on Father Jim and asked to see a rough cut, which because of the pandemic, we decided to stop filming and started editing, and we got a rough cut together pretty shortly after COVID started, sent it over, and Evan got a call one day, and it was Martin Scorsese's team, and he didn't recognize the number, so he answered and was, and was very caught off guard. Um, and they said, you know, Martin Scorsese would like to talk to you. And so he, um, Evan, Evan got to have this call, so I'm kind of telling it secondhand, but um, he gave some feedback on the film, um, said he really liked it. Um, we incorporated a lot of his feedback, and he said he would love to support it, so that's uh, kind of how he became involved. He's been a, a real support to us. Um, just helping us get the name recognition of, of Martin Scorsese on the film really helps people take it seriously and, and realize that they should maybe give it a chance. So it's been great. Do you have a favorite quote or a mantra to get you through these difficult times? I do. And the difficult times come frequently when I get pushed back, and my mantra is, who cares? <laughs> because, look, I have the support of the Pope, I have the support of my Jesuit brothers and my Jesuit superiors. I know that this is the right thing to do, which is to uh, help people feel welcome in, again, what is their church, too. Uh, and there is pushback. It happens almost every day, sometimes every hour. And I realize, look, you know, Jesus dealt with opposition, and he's my model. Not everyone can like you, and, uh, you know, my mantra really is, who cares? And that gets me through. <laughs>